Welcome to Answer the Call. I'm your host and go-to career coach, Kelsey Kemp. If you're a new friend around here, I wanted to say welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you learned something new about how to identify your unique, God-given purpose and leave equipped to start building a career that's aligned with it. And this is all so you could experience the joy of having fulfilling, impactful work in this life that you've been given. So stick around, subscribe, and join me here each Tuesday. And if you're an old friend, welcome back. It would make my day to hear your thoughts about this show and how Answer the Call has helped you. Just drop that in a quick rating and written review as you're listening to today's episode. Well, hopefully you actually listened to my first episode with my career coaching client, Maria. That's right, today is a double upload day, which is pretty crazy, never done that before, but I wanted to give you a one-two punch with this, oh, force of a young woman, Maria Pope. So go listen in to my first episode, if you haven't already, with Maria, in which you got to hear about her story and what made her reach out for career coaching and what tangible change she received as a result of our work together, as well as her thoughts on what makes coaching different from mentorship or getting advice from friends and family. Now I knew that I had to bring her on for a second episode because it was quickly apparent to me throughout our career coaching engagement that Maria had a natural talent for networking and connecting with people and the boldness to make some bold requests that have resulted in her getting to co-create her dream roles at companies she loves. After we worked together to carefully discern what career path she was best suited for, she was off to the races and slayed the job hunt like nobody's business. So I wanted to bring her on again to share her step-by-step process for how to network on LinkedIn in a way that will land your dream job opportunities. And she's not just sharing her step-by-step process for the how to network on LinkedIn, but also how to build up the confidence to do it. Because we all know that networking and reaching out to new people can be really scary. So Maria shares her personal mindset on this and the mantras she repeats to herself to get the courage to make connections and bold requests that result in crazy job opportunities that you just frankly wouldn't find if you were only approaching your job hunt through job postings on LinkedIn or Indeed or whatnot. Really, there is so much to be had in networking and finding opportunities that maybe aren't posted or you wouldn't know about if you didn't make new connections and make bold requests. So you are going to benefit so much from Maria's wisdom on this subject, and I can't wait to hear the results. Connect with me on LinkedIn or Instagram. You could look me up on LinkedIn at Kelsey Kemp or on Instagram at Kelsey underscore the called career. And I will make sure to share your praises with Maria uh, so she could know what impact this, her advice has had on you guys. So let me know your wins and we will celebrate you. Enjoy this episode with Maria Pope. So what I specifically want to talk about and get your advice on is networking. You do this so well, but also there's a mindset component to that. Like, how do you have the conus to go after all that you have? And so 
take me to your TED talk, basically. If you're sitting <laughs> across from a pal who you know, <laughs> like they know deep down that they're really called to a certain opportunity, but they're waffling on it. They're like, oh, I don't know. I feel like I should just, I did accounting like, and I already was guaranteed a job a year before I graduated. Shouldn't I just take that? But this other, um, this other opportunity is calling my name. What just unleash? What would you say to this? Oh, <laughs> uh, this sounds like so many of my friends in PPA, which is just the five-year <laughs> masters of accounting program at AM. But um okay, well, I try to be as impartial as possible because I wanna, you know, be a good friend. <laughs> and I'm definitely not a career coach, so I'm not totally impartial. But I would just start by asking them a set of questions like does accounting excite you or would you be excited to have a job in accounting um what does that look like five to ten years from now um what are alternative ways that you could use accounting to do something that you're more passionate about because i think that's what i think that's one key mindset that i have is for instance my two of my best friends from college and roommates were both in ppa and neither of them want to be accountants which luckily they've chosen jobs that are not that so hallelujah but when they were going through that process, I think something that I would always try to tease out of them or entertain with them was, okay, you have a great skill set. Like, I don't want you not to be a CPA. Like, that's an amazing thing. And that's a privilege to have that education and that professional distinction. So, but what are other ways that you could use your CPA license in a way that more aligns with your actual desires and values and the things that God has put on your heart? For instance, one of my best friends, she's been a wilderness guide in in uh, Colorado for the past couple of summers and that's something that she's really passionate about and so whenever we would talk about it I would say well what if you became an accountant for some kind of wilderness guide company or something in Colorado that is connected to the outdoor industry that you really love so in that case she's still she still would be using her CPA she would just be working for a company that has a vision that's more aligned with the things that she feels like God has actually put on her heart that she's extremely passionate about so I think that there we we can't think so linearly or black and white about our careers you know there's not cpa or finance you know it's not just those things it's okay you have a cpa but there are a million things that you could do with a cpa you could be a teacher you could work for a nonprofit you could work for a for profit you could be a consultant you could be an auditor you could work for the government like there's just so many things and I think we so get narrowed down into one that it limits our ability to see all the other potential out there so that's what I would say to a friend yes <laughs> yes and so the message there I'm hearing like you really encourage people to be creative and empower them to know that they have options they don't need to um, play out this very specific um, job script and like you have three varieties and that's it. That's, those are the only three ways that you could be use accounting skills. And that's not true. So I really see how you step into that and encourage others to be creative and create and find new job opportunities. I'm also curious once, and we're going to get into the specifics of how you network in a way that connects you with really creative, amazing opportunities um, beyond what just seems to be 
of the first page of your job search. Um, you really dig in and find some cool stuff. Um, so we'll get into the technicalities of how you go about that. But I'm also curious, like, what are some of the mantras that are running through your head as you're preparing to open up your computer and go for it? Okay. I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound silly, but I think it really applies here. In the words of Drake, YOLO. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I I laugh when I say that because it does sound silly, but I really take this to heart. Like, we only have one life, and if we're going to spend 40-plus hours, plus maybe weekends, plus even more than that, working... We want to make sure that we maximize that with like all of our skills and strengths and in the realm of like what we believe that God has called us to do specifically, obviously, you know, we're, there are calls for all of us as Christians, but, you know, specifically we each have different things that God has put in our heart um, to go and to help solve and to help build. And those things we can ignore them as much as we want, but eventually they will come back because um, it's part of our heart, you know, not just something on our resume that we're trying to pass around to all the big firms. Um, it's something that's like actually a part of who we are. And I really do believe that everyone has that, even if it takes them a while to figure it out. Oh, so yes. that's, that's one is YOLO. And then here's another one that is somewhat comical, but I really do say this and not just in career, but in everything in life, uh, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. And I think this quote specifically, um, there's one example I can think of where I went to a conference in San Diego and funny story, this conference actually was paid for by someone at the business school because I asked and I just said, Hey, there's this really amazing opportunity and I'd love to go do you have any, do you know of any ways that I could get funding for this? And she said, Maria, why don't you just write me like a purpose statement? Like, why do you want to do this? And basically persuade me to give you the money. And I was like, done. And I wrote her, I told her why it mattered and how it was going to help me achieve specific goals that I had in relation to my role uh, in her class. I helped co-teach a class during college and she was able to find funding for me to go to this conference, which was really amazing. And, but at this conference, I remember there were all these women there and I was definitely by far the youngest out of everyone. And it was all about designing your life. And so that's another great thing that I would encourage friends to look into is designing your life. It's a book by Bill Burnett and Dave Evans, and it really helps you use design thinking to think about your career and all the different iterations that it could take. But anyway, back to the story. I was talking about a specific career path that I was interested in and I just kept saying, well, I don't know if I could do that because of X, Y, Z reason, because, you know, I don't have the specific degree that fits up with that, or I don't have the experiences that fit up with that or, um, you know, X, Y, Z. And this woman just looked at me and she just said, whoever told you you couldn't do that. And I <laughs> was so shook. And I think that is a limiting belief that we all have to some extent. There are certain things in our lives that we just, don't believe that we could achieve or that we could have or that we could do and no one has ever told us that we couldn't you know i mean not to uh disregard if someone has actually not been encouraging to you that's really sad and i hope that that hasn't happened however i think a lot of times nobody has told me i couldn't do or be something but i've somehow told myself or convinced myself that i couldn't 
and obviously sometimes we're our, we're our biggest critics. So that experience really helped me get out of my head and understand that um, we all have limiting beliefs and we really have to work, you have to be really intentional to break through those limiting beliefs. So those are two particularly, and I guess one other just tidbit on this subject that I would add um, is that experience of going to California and being with all these women that I'd never met before was really pivotal. So I think it's important for people to get out of their like home environment, whether that's the business school that they're in or whatever education they're getting or just your home environment with your roommates or your peers, um, you know, spend some time in reflection alone away from that so you can really cut through the chaos and get to like a clear path for yourself. I think that's extremely important. I know I've experienced that a lot more being a year out of college because I'm not hearing all these things in my head about, oh, I'm not working at Boehner McKenzie or, you know, I, I'm not going to work for the big four or whatever, whatever, the, whatever environment you've been surrounded with during college and those certain things that should be attainable and are really highly valued in those environments. If that's your path, then that's amazing. And you probably have a lot of opportunities to get there, but if it's not your path, then you need to be able to clear that away and not hear those things and not think that you're not, something because you haven't chosen that for yourself Mm. so there we go what a word what a word yes you just threw the deuces of course (laughs) that's the only thing you can do after giving such a speech which i loved (laughs) um we're on a zoom call for the record which is how i interview all my people so i get the benefit of seeing maria's face and hand gestures as she communicates her wonderful points (laughs) But so another thing, it's so simple, but so powerful to really, really grasp on too is I've heard you say many times, okay, I'm just going to go do it. Like, what do I have to lose? Or they just, they could say no. Yeah. Come at me. Say no. It's fine. I'm just going to ask. So I love that openness um, and almost like playfulness that you approach um, your requests with. Um, So let's get down to it with going out and finding slash creating opportunities and these scenarios where you're in front of the right person to ask a bold question. Um, So what do you do? Just go ahead and walk me through it from the beginning, like thinking about what do I want? How do I write this down? How do I search it on the internet to find the right people? And then we'll go through how you actually communicate with them. So that's a lot, but walk me through it. It's something that you're well practiced in. Uh-huh. So a good friend and also fellow podcaster on this podcast, Claire Robbie, once encouraged me, uh, Kelsey did this as well, but to write down the things that you're looking for in a career. And I think this goes for a lot of things in life too. You know, if you don't know what you're looking for, you're not going to know when you find it. And you're, mm-hmm. if you have something codified and written down, it's really easy to look back on that and say, objectively, before you're swayed with the salary and the mission statement of the company, to really have something concrete to come back to and to say, okay, does this really align with what I'm wanting in this season, season of my life? So for instance, first I would start off with, let's say I am job searching. I would start off by making a list maybe on Excel or Word document, whichever you prefer, of the things that really matter to me in a job right now. So some examples of that might be salary, amount of travel, professional development available, the city that I would want to work in, 
work-life balance, and then maybe if this role is an internal role or an external role. So obviously that can look like a lot of different things based on the industry that you want to go into and what your priorities are. But like I said, this obviously changes with life stage. So right now I'm young and single and I don't have to take care of anyone else. So, and I know I want to move to DC. So for me, that's one of my non-negotiables. So that would be my second step is to break this down into negotiables and non-negotiables. For instance, if you are recently married and just had a baby, you're probably not going to want to be traveling that much. I'm just assuming here, I'm not saying that's the case for everyone. But um, so in that case, one of your non-negotiables would be that you are in the home office, let's say 100% of the time. Um, whereas if you were in my position, again, I could hypothetically be a consultant because I would be able to travel 100% of the time if that was what I was wanting to do. So first I'd break that down into negotiables and then non-negotiables mm -hmm. and like really spend some time thinking about the longevity of my career and playing, playing the long game instead of the short game. So right now I'm a year out and I could definitely go and scramble and try and find a full-time job or I could realize that I have the, I'm very blessed to have the ability to like I have some savings and I have the ability to kind of make my working situation to go out and get some of those experiences that I would want before I had a full-time job. And not everybody has that opportunity. I realize that, but if you do have that opportunity, definitely think that we have to play the infinite game, not the finite game. Mm. So make use of those things. If you have those things available to you. Okay. Now, now that I know what I'm looking for, Mm -hmm. And go. written it down. Yes, which yes. You're really making a solid point there. So simple, but don't miss it. Um, it's almost like don't go into the grocery store hungry and telling yes. the grocery store what you need on your list. Like go in knowing some at least solid things of what you want. You might not know everything. Of course, you might be going onto a job posting site to learn more of what might be available to you and get you some ideas. But write down at least your non-negotiables like on paper in front of you so you don't get distracted. Yes I think writing it down is really important because it also gives you a gauge emotionally of when you're writing something down or maybe comparing different companies or opportunities you you can see and feel when you're going through this like oh I thought this really mattered to me but if it's if it's this job it doesn't actually matter as much as I thought it did because I just love this job and I'm actually willing to maybe switch around or lower the value of one of those things because of this specific opportunity. So I feel like as much as writing it down kind of sounds like a robot, it's really not. It's actually a tool to help you gauge like holistically in your life, like with your faith, with your emotions, with everything, where do, where do these opportunities fit in? Um, okay, so now that you've done that, I would go and think about so there's two different ways that to do this i suppose one is if you already know the industry so then this is industry specific then you're going to want to look at maybe interviewing or sorry looking up the best in class in that industry or other companies that industry that you already know or where friends have worked or you've heard good recommendations from so that's one way to go about it or if you already know the city like me i knew i wanted to be in dc then i started there so i was already looking exclusively in dc and then I started to apply my interest after that point. So anyway, so I feel like there's two different ways to go about that. You know, industry or location is a good place to start. And then I would narrow it down to maybe like 
10 to 15 companies. It can be lower than that. I just feel like sometimes there's too many options and people get analysis paralysis. But narrowing it down to a certain select few that you're, you really are passionate about or maybe you've just heard really great things from friends and you feel like you'd actually be a good fit for their company culture. And then this is where you start to tap into all your social networks. So I'm assuming most of you probably have LinkedIn if you're listening to this. And this is a wonderful tool, wonderful professional tool to get you where you want to go. So the first thing that I would do, get on my computer, I log on to LinkedIn. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to think about all the different social networks I have. Probably your biggest and best one is going to be the university that you attended or are still currently attending. So you want to make sure that you're following that. And then what I would do is to go onto the university's page, their LinkedIn page, and you're going to look at all of their alumni because LinkedIn will allow you to filter by different companies and by states. So you can literally find all the people that work for Booz Allen Hamilton in DC in a matter of seconds. So once you get to that point, I would say that, let's say there's five people that work for Booz Allen Hamilton in DC. Okay, well now I want to look for the person that either I have a personal connection with through a mutual friend, or maybe we actually do know each other um, from something in the past. But then also the person that is most is closest to the job role or function that I would want at this company. So for instance, if you want to be an accountant, you probably don't want to reach out to the marketing person because they're not really going to be able to tell you as much as someone that actually works in accounting could. So I would find that person that best fits the role that you want to have at this company. And then this is where the boldness comes in. But you draft a well thought out email. And I think the most important thing I've learned through this process is that you always have to have a specific ask. If you're just emailing them to email them, people don't have time for that. Especially some of these really high powered potentially executives that you might be LinkedIn messaging. So always have a specific ask, whether that's, hey, could we jump on a phone call for 15 minutes? Or, hey, could you answer these three questions that I have about your industry? Or here's my resume, would you be able, like, could you send this to HR? I mean, that's kind of a big ask, but always have something specific that you're wanting to ask and definitely do your research beforehand. You know, they always say that when you go in for an interview, like make sure you know about the company, but really make sure you know about this person and make sure you know about the company that you're wanting to talk more about. And that's why I would narrow it down in the first place to just a couple of different things. So yeah. And then I would email that person and I would be very courteous and just say, you know, keep it short and sweet. My name's Maria. I recently graduated from A&M. This is what I'm currently doing, but I'm looking forward to moving to DC and I'm really interested in what Booz, Booz Allen Hamilton does. Would you mind jumping on a 15 minute phone call? Would you be available to jump on a 15 minute phone call in the next week and tell me more about your role there and what you like about it? And don't get me wrong, they could totally not respond. That's very, very much a possibility. However, your chances are pretty good. It's 50-50. And most people I've found are really excited that someone would reach out to them and would want to seek their advice and counsel. And most people at that level will be honest with you and say, hey, I'm sorry, I really can't take a phone call, but shoot me some questions over email. Or they'll say, hey, that absolutely, let's do it. What about next Tuesday at 10 o'clock? And you say, yes, no, yes, ma'am, <laughs> or <laughs> yes, sir, and make that work for your calendar. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the way that I would go about it on LinkedIn specifically. Yeah, that's so powerful that 
a couple of points I dug out of that is you made it time oriented and specific. So not just can you jump on a phone call for 15 minutes this week, not just indefinitely, like make them picture on their calendar this week. That's helps them <laughs> figure out some place to start. And if not, they'll say like, no, but next week um, it gets the scheduling part of the conversation going. So make it specific, time oriented, basically smart goal that. Smart goal. <laughs> um, exactly. And relatable to. Um, and so um, how did you continue the conversation with some people that actually did hop on the phone with you and you learned more? Let's say after learning more, you're like, yeah, this really is an opportunity that I would love. And your brain starts collecting little ideas of like, wait, how can I actually work for this company in a capacity that I'm best suited to? How did you start making those requests? Yes. Okay. Well, here's a recent one, which unfortunately has changed because of COVID, but there was, there's a really amazing company in DC that I wanted to work for and they had, they have lots of summer internships. And so I figured that might be a good way to learn more about their company and also explore more of my career options. And so, but I don't know anyone at that company personally, but there were some people with odd connections on LinkedIn. So I did what I just walked you guys through and I looked up the company. I looked up someone in the specific department that I would want to intern in. And then I did exactly what I said. I emailed her a short message and just asked her if she would spend some time talking with me. And she was extremely nice and messaged me back and just said, hey, thanks so much for reaching out. Um, what about this time? What about this day at this time? And I was like, that's amazing. And obviously, like I said, she doesn't really have a ton of time. So she was squeezing me in between meetings, but she told me, okay, I have exactly 30 minutes. Like, let's make this happen. I'm really excited to talk. And we ended up talking about the role specifically and being able to actually talk to her because this intern would have not reported to her directly, but would have been in the same small group that she's working in and being able to actually hear what she does on a day-to-day -day basis helped me discern that this would be an opportunity that I'd be extremely interested in pursuing because honestly, before I hadn't even submitted an application or anything online. So I was still kind of in that middle ground of, is this really something I want to pursue or not? And helping her, getting her advice and input really helped me decide that I did. And so then this is another big part of this process is if you do end up talking on the phone, always follow up and I've heard it said that the most appropriate time is like no sooner than 24 hours but no later than 48 hours afterwards so that's what I did with her I waited till you know that 24 hour window had passed and I just said hey thank you so much and I made sure to put in that a very specific takeaway that I had from our conversation so with her for instance I really took away that where she works was a place where she could be exposed to new ideas and keep learning. And that's something that's very important to me. So I made sure to say, thank you so much for your, for our conversation. This is specifically what I took away and I will be submitting an application for this specific role. And the crazy thing is she said back, okay, wonderful. I look forward to reading your application. And so ah, that, <laughs> amazing. yes, but I think that, I mean, either if you have a personal connection already at a company or something like this is really going to increase your chance of actually getting your application or resume or cover letter, you know, to be one of those shortlisted people, because there are tons of people applying for all these different internships or different full-time jobs out there. So you really have to do the extra legwork beforehand to even get on that shortlist of people. Yeah. So 
Yeah, That's which is really the only list at this point. Yeah, true. Um, unless you have like this highly spe- specialized resume that is just clearly like the um, applicant tracking system just says this one. <laughs> um, but really, it's about the people and um, being top of mind. So I'd love to learn from you in some circumstances, looking at some circumstances in which you got creative and had a back and forth with a potential employer. Um, Maybe some, I know that you've talked to some people that it wasn't necessarily a job opening. You just asked if you could come and said, here's what I could do. And then something worked out. Yes. Okay. Well, this one is still in progress, (laughs) but Kelsey mentioned in the earlier podcast, there was a group that I was really excited about and I ended up withdrawing from the process um, of applying for a job there and that was you know hard but also I felt really confident that that role was not the best fit and like she mentioned I think I was able to leave on a good foot with them partially due to Kelsey's coaching and helping me formulate a message that made sure to acknowledge like how grateful I was for the opportunity that I had to interview with them but also to say that I still really cared about what they were doing and if they had any opportunities that would possibly be a better fit for me in the future that I would love to know about that and so something that this is one of those situations where um, there is not something that already exists which means I might have to create it for myself so for instance uh, in this situation there's Uh, a specific department within this organization that I'd really like to work for one of like their work for them, but I don't know exactly where I fit into that. So essentially what I've done is pitched myself and (laughs) a role that doesn't already exist. um, But to say, Hey, these are different roles that I know that you have in these specific departments. And I know these are the job functions. And these are the things I know I could bring to the table based on my previous experiences and my strengths and putting that all out on the table. So that way, when that back and forth happens, we can really work with some tangible points as far as like a job role and function goes. Because back to Kelsey's point, you know, it's very true that even if you work for an incredibly, an organization with an incredible mission, if what you're doing in your day-to-day tasks is not fulfilling to you, like it almost cancels out the amazing mission part of the organization, which is not what any of us want to experience. So, Essentially, through this process, what I have done is given a lot of data so that way whenever we go back and forth about this role and what it looks like, that we can have some really concrete things to come up with a role that would be of service to them, but also to me. And I think another important piece of this is really coming in humbly, and this is a lot lot due to Kelsey's advice of um, the mindset of like, how can I best serve this company? And... Uh, that being a place that like intersects you know what I have with what they need in a really monumental way hopefully so yeah that's how I would go about that and just being very clear and specific with what I can offer and what I can't yes absolutely like that is such a cool example but also at like you're that's not your first rodeo you have just like the internship in london that you got set up um as you mentioned in our last episode you have made this a tried and true process in which you're able to humbly co-create um opportunities that are kind of out of thin air um but in that 
humble way of service and having a service-oriented attitude about it. Quick hack for anyone <laughs> listening. Um, if you're like, how do I communicate that this way? Let me tell you, three to one rule. Make sure that any of your mentions of I, me, my, whatever in your writing, in your and how you talk in your interview, in your conversations, um, your application, whatever it is, make sure that you only budget one allowance of a I-centered word to three mentions of you, your, yours, anything like that. It will literally force you to change your language to be about the person you are communicating with, which changes everything. I absolutely insist <laughs> that we start practicing that rule more because it just, I mean, there's more that could be said about focusing less on ourselves and more about what we could be doing for others. Um, but Maria, this has been such an amazing example. I have loved um, getting to learn from you and be inspired by you because everyone, we are all, this is like something I learned. <laughs> and somebody said this, probably Yoda, but definitely something that got thrown around in my coaching certification program. But truly, we are each each other's students and teachers at the same time. And so it's been such a joy to witness what you do so well. And I'm really excited for other people to get to hear and learn from that. So thank you so much for sharing all that you did today. And I hope that it really empowers more people to get out there and network more efficiently, effectively, or at all, <laughs> um, and make some bold requests in with a heart to serve others better. Well, that is it for this week's episode. Again, big thanks to Maria for sharing all of her experience in both episode 46 and 47 in this epic, unprecedented double episode week. And if you loved it and learned a lot, which I know you did from this episode with Maria, just drop a quick rating and review on whatever listening platform you're tuning into this podcast on. And we will see you next Tuesday. Bye.